I'm Kareen, and you're listening to Eat Like an Artist, the podcast that celebrates creatives, mindful entrepreneurship, and mental wellness. Each week, we dive into practical business advice and deep conversations among creative friends and role models, speaking openly and inclusively about life as an artist. We don't believe in gatekeeping because everyone's welcome. This is your community too. Let's find the balance within creative entrepreneurship with all the love for the art and none of the burnout and self-doubt. Today, we have a special guest, Alexis Carasquillo from Familia Creative Media. And yes, that may sound familiar because you do actually hear Alexis's voice at the end of every episode because she is our amazing podcast editor. On top of being a podcast editor, she is a full-time creative entrepreneur and creative director who does video production, web development, brand creation and strategy, and content creation. A absolutely multi-talented creative as well as a incredibly kind and insightful individual. It was no question to have her on the podcast. She's also a recent graduate of the Creative Entrepreneurs Initiative. It is an amazing program here in Charlotte, North Carolina. So if you are a Charlotte creative, please check out the show notes because we'll definitely add information about that program for you to be able to learn more about it and to also apply for the next cohort. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about the struggle for balance in the pursuit of artistic excellence. Quite a long title, but... It does match up with the long, long journey that it takes for us to be able to find balance and find peace within that work-life balance concept. Me and Alexis actually had a very long conversation that it got to the point that the podcast equipment actually ran out of power by the time that we got towards the end of our convo. But that just shows just how much goes into figuring out how to not only continue to achieve and thrive, but also making sure that you're taking care of yourself, that you're taking the breaks that are needed, and that you are recognizing that although you may be, quote unquote, a hard worker, and a lot of us get many compliments to be, you know, hard workers and just go, 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 but it's also good to stop (laughs) and it's good to rest. And we go into that conversation in great detail, and Alexis has amazing insights and amazing stories, so Let's get right into it. And we have Alexis here. You want to say hi to our listeners? Hello, everybody. (laughs) Y'all have probably heard Alexis' voice as she does appear in the very end of the episode. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. You go, this podcast is recorded by, or not recorded by, edited by (laughs) Alexis Carasquillo. Yeah, that's my formal. Now I'm like, hello, everyone. (laughs) Hey. Can you just quickly introduce yourself and we'll kind of go into our good old favorites game to kind of get warmed up to the podcast? Yeah, so my name is Alexis Carasquillo. I am a full-time entrepreneur now, creative. I love all things technology. I'm like a big tech nerd and I'm also very artistic. Like I wish I was a painter, I wish I was a drawer, but I'm not. But I'll participate where I can. What else about me? Oh, I've been doing this for like five years and I'd started off making like vlogs on YouTube, daily vlogs of my life. And now those are all privated because they're oh, so crazy. I was just about to ask, where can I watch this? <laughs> Damn no, it. Actually, I think some are public because they're just fun to watch. But like, mm-hmm. that's how I taught myself how to edit, how to film. <sighs> you know, we all have to have a cringy origin story. So it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, that yeah. was mine. And y'all didn't hear this because we weren't recording it, but Alexis was legit fangirling over the tech that we have right here. 
And she was just like, oh my God, like, this is so cool. And I was like, mm-hmm. Yep. Tech nerd. <laughs> yeah. I just love all of it. I think that's why I love like designing websites and podcasts. And I just want to touch everything. Like if I'm not good at it, I'll pass it on. But I'm like, just let me try once. Well, we also would like the listeners to know who you are outside of your workplace. So I'll ask, it will be pretty easy favorite questions. But the first one is favorite music artist. Oh, favorite music artist ever is probably Halsey. Halsey. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I that's love cool. Halsey. Any favorite song from Halsey? If you could pinpoint one. Uh, I could pinpoint right now for like the era that I am. I'm that I am in right now. The era that I'm in. The song is still learning from like the Manic album. Ooh, I haven't heard that one. It's a good song. Yeah, I think that whole album is like the era that I'm in. Okay, I need to listen to that. And I've asked this question to a couple of people about what their favorite song is, and I'm thinking about making a playlist of the <gasps> podcast guest yeah. song requests or just like their favorite songs. It's always very interesting for me to hear what people's different music styles yeah and they always end up being like the coolest songs too yes you should definitely do that because i think the episode i was editing with houston yeah i was like oh i need to listen to that song or that band i forgot what he had said and i was like i need to add that just yeah yeah i keep saying that too okay maybe eventually i'll be be saying stuff on the podcast and i'll listen back and be like oh shoot i need to add that to the show notes (laughs) so just giving yourself a to-do list i really need to because I would, that's gonna probably happen with this one too i'm gonna mm. have to like re- listen back and we'll be both like oh my god we told people we'd have this yeah. and then we did it so we will make updates that's the beautiful thing about internet and websites and things is that we can always update it always all right i got another one is a favorite movie okay the thing that came to my head was the royal tenenbaum tenenbaums tenenbaums wes anderson i'm probably saying that wrong but i watched it in like film class when i was at central piedmont community college my first wes anderson film it is so good it has like gwyneth paltrow in it owen wilson oh i know what you're talking about it's such a good movie such a good movie Oh my gosh, Wes Anderson's cinematography is just so striking. Yes. It's just so cool. It's so cool. I love that there's like, I don't know if it's still going to be a trend by the time this podcast episode airs, but there's that trend that everyone keeps doing, like that Wes Anderson vibe. And I'm like, I watch every single video. So Alexis has a cat named Ricky Bobby, which is the cutest (laughs) thing ever. Um, But homie is trying to play right now. Yeah, he's like, I hear you guys talking. I want to play. And then he sees all the wires. A little rascal. It's okay. Well, speaking of animals, do you have a favorite animal? My favorite animal is probably like a mythical animal. Oh, what is it? It's a unicorn. <gasps> oh, that's I cute. I used to be so obsessed with unicorns. I love them. Is it like because you watched a movie? I with don't the think unicorns? it. I don't think so. I think there was just like one day, and I was like, I just love the idea of a unicorn. <laughs> and I had like unicorn salt shakers and unicorn everything, and now I'm like. I should steer away just a little bit, but I do still love a unicorn. Is there like, now I'm looking around. Well, we're also filming in Alexis' apartment and I'm now being nosy (laughs) and being like, where's this unicorn? Oh, there is a (laughs) unicorn squishmallow in my room, actually. Or a pegasus. That's what it is. Not a unicorn. Oh, oh, that's even cuter. Yeah. There's squishmallows all around here. Oh, yeah, there are. (laughs) But see, this is what I want my apartment to look like or my house now because by the time this episode airs i will have my house hopefully fully decorated but yeah i want more squishmallows too they're just so i love them all yeah they look so so sweet yeah i also see you have a capricorn um yeah pillow and i'm also realizing we're just describing your apartment (laughs) (laughs) i have this i have a fig plant that i'm trying to resuscitate 
I did want to go into our episode topic of the struggle for balance when it comes to the pursuit of being artistically excellent, which very long title, but I mean, it is a very long journey to find that balance anyway. Mm. Could you talk to me about why you wanted to speak on that? Because as um, I bring on guests on the podcast, sometimes I send them a list of different topics to go for. And Alexis was like, this is the one. And so I kind of wanted to ask you what drew you to wanting to talk about that today. Well, I think I've my whole life I've struggled with like not being in the middle of things. So I'm a big advocate of therapy and my therapist is always like, you can be in the middle. You don't have to be like all the way this way or all the way that way. So I've always struggled with the balance. And now in this like field of work, I'm just like realizing, oh, I'm putting like myself, my self-care and mental health like off to the side to like push, get projects done and like be this really, really great web designer in Charlotte. It's like, you need to calm down and like slow down working with a lot of older women and like great like experts in Charlotte I've seen how like they've had this hustle mentality and then not taking care of themselves and that just kind of comes like to bite you in the end because your body just like expels like if you don't take care of stress or anxiety then you just like you'll get sick or you'll end up in the hospital like I knew someone that was in the ER and she was out of work for like two weeks and I was like I can't do that to myself like I live alone I need to rely on myself I need to make sure I'm healthy gotta take care of Ricky Bobby like this is important to make sure I'm good to work but also good at the end of the day yeah and I'm assuming you want to do this for a long time too like you want this career for a long time yeah and that's like the other thing I think when you don't take care of yourself and it's not like you don't want to it's you're taught you shouldn't or it's not important like I feel like I'm learning how taboo it was especially like in my Latinx community it's so taboo to be like oh I feel sad today or like I'm having anxiety it's like oh we all feel like that move on keep going Mm -hmm. work hustle and like I was just I was in that mentality for a long time up until recently where I was like I can't do this like I'm so hard on myself and I can't even get out of bed tomorrow like Tomorrow, I'm not going to get out of bed because I'm so exhausted, but I have to. I have these deadlines to make. I have people I have to, like, meet with. I can't let them down. Yeah, and it feels like that hustle culture, they make it this image that it's so desirable. But then when I see it in real life and in real time, that you know that meme that's like, oh, everybody wants this. Yeah. I'm like, "Mm, no, this is kind of hard and it kind of sucks. Yeah. They make it seem so. I mean, and there's some people I think that are just like natural born hustlers, but also social media is so like curated that I don't really know what's going on behind the scenes. It always seems like, gosh, they're just going from like here to here. Like, yes, go ahead. Like, and I compare to that. I'm like, how can I do that? But I think I'm just realizing I need to just balance it out. Like, you can be in the middle. Like, I could maybe three days be like, yes, go, go, Mm -hmm. go. And then the next three days, I'm like, okay, chill out. Stop answering emails at four instead of five and sit and read a book and reset. I feel like my therapist calls it when I run out of spoons. I'm going to pass that out. Oh, spoons. Yes. Wait, what do you mean by that? So, like, in this field, I'm learning that like networking is a big part of the job and I'm very introverted. I think I'm an ambivert, but I lean more introverted. So networking takes a lot out of me and like meeting new people and talking to them and like being on. So if I am like low on the social battery, we call that like me being out of spoons to like give. So sometimes I'll be like, 
she'll say like you can wake up with one spoon and you have to make sure like you put that spoon in the right place you give it to the right person don't burn yourself out and some days I'm like I got a spoon and a half like I don't got any more you're like I got maybe a quarter yeah I'm like I got a (laughs) tiny teaspoon to give I kind of like how the days don't start off with the same amount of spoons because I feel with metaphors like that sometimes it's like oh I have I always have five spoons, yeah. but I like that you're like, oh, actually, today is only one. Yeah, because every day is so different, and I think that was something, like, she helped me understand, was that when she first said it, I was like, well, I don't, like, every day I'm waking up with five, and I only have five, like, can I have six or seven? She's like, it can be whatever you're feeling, like, you can wake up with two, you can wake up with ten. I was like, it's just, like, checking in with your body, and like realizing like okay I can do this today or I can't do this today or I really oh my god my cat just, just <laughs> scared me <laughs> there's the zoomies that you asked about. oh no I I was asking about if the kitty has zoomies and he's charged up you know you gotta love animals I mean that's also why animals are great too because I'll get to points where I'm feeling super burnt out anxious and then my dog just puts their head on my lap. Mm. It's shed a little tear because it's so cute. And then I'm chill. Have you heard of the concept of how animals, whenever they like accidentally like stub their like toe or something, or like they hit something, they get hurt and they just shake it off and then they're fine? No. Yeah. So like well, you see that all the time with animals and you're like, now that you've no- like I've told you, you've noticed it. This is something my therapist said too. And she said that humans are absolutely awful at that. Animals, they're able to discharge that energy and i can't really again i'm not like a certified therapist and i'm very much paraphrasing what my therapist told me i can also maybe put this in the show notes and i'll definitely put this on a to-do <laughs> list because this needs to be on there we cling on to like a lot of things that happen to us and we just don't get to release it and i think that happens to whenever we're in this hustle mindset we're just go 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 but we don't realize that a tv when you leave it on for forever it has to shut off because it's going to overheat and yeah. you're kind of the same way. Like we talk about the human brain being a computer, but your computer is not supposed to be on all the time. Right. It's going to overheat. So you need time to shut off as well. Yeah, that's such a good point. Because it makes me think about like when you're hustling and then maybe there's like a project that didn't go that way or you didn't get that client. And then you just don't give yourself time to like sit in it. Because I think the important part of the balance is like you feel it. You don't push it over. You just let it. You feel it, you accept it, and then you move on. You're not like, this didn't happen, this doesn't exist, keep moving. Because then that just, like, you're just adding things on top of, like, the counter, and the counter is just going to bust. And without with that acknowledgement, you can't really start that process of finding that balance. I feel like I also want to go back to when you mentioned culture and that aspect that comes into our mentality when it comes to, like, you know, being hardworking. That's something also... Like I kind of check myself twice before I tell somebody that they're hard, they're a hard worker mm. because sometimes I'm like, there's something about that compliment now where I'm like, is it really a compliment? <laughs> Cause yeah. I'm kind of attaching them with their ability to just be productive all the time. Yeah. And it gets in this weird space. Oh gosh. I didn't even think about that, but I think unintentionally growing up, my parents, like, that was, like, a praise I always got, especially because my mom was a teacher. So then, like, all the teachers were like, she's such a good student. This is a good teacher's trial. And I was like, oh, okay. That's how I get praise is doing hard work and, like, never being tired, never complaining until, like, one day I'm like, oh, I, like, have really bad anxiety, guys. Like, I don't think I can keep going, like, at this pace. And especially, like, 
that mindset starting in like in the teenage years when you're not allowed to come not allowed to complain but like not feel tired or like you can't feel like life is hard because you're so young you haven't experienced life yet that is already putting in our minds like all right just keep hustling just keep going you can't work to make sure you're okay you have nothing going on in life yet and I feel like it downplays like the real things that happen in your teenage life because I remember also hearing that all the time and honestly when I hear my own story back or I hear other people's story back we have went through some real real harmful traumatic events Mm. that have somehow been made for us to downplay because we're too young you know you know you haven't felt the real world but I don't know some of us got thrusted into the real world a little too young so quickly and so I feel that too where I would always have teachers or people being like wow you're so mature you're so hardworking. Mm. you're so this but I also had to grow up really quickly Mm. and I don't know how it is for you but I know within like my own like Filipino family because we were immigrants a lot of the things here and the systems here were unfamiliar to my parents and you know they're still they were both very well educated very smart people very great at a lot of the things that they do but it's you know a lot of the time I kind of ended up feeling like my own parent to myself and that's heavy it's heavy for a kid that's like 12 (laughs) to have to be like let me read this whole um, permission slip for this field trip and summarize it to my parents and it's not even like my parents also don't know english like Mm. they do but it's again everything is just so different culturally and like the systems are so different so we had to take an extra amount of like responsibility and even when i talk to friends who are also filipino but then also people who are in the latinx community Mm. i feel like a lot of our generational trauma is very similar it's kind of freaky sometimes yeah yeah because you were also talking about how you were like oh they just say to keep going like anxiety depression's not real have you ever been asked to just pray yeah 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 (laughs) yeah yeah i was told once because i'm very like spiritual so i have like crystals all around and someone's like that's why you have anxiety and i was like I don't think that that's how that quite works, but thank you very much. (laughs) But I, like, I had a lot of friends growing up that were in the same situation. Like, they had to take on that adult role of, like, their parents just had to work and, like, they couldn't help them with the stuff in class, like, the schoolwork or, like, they had to sign the permission slip. Like, they just couldn't do both roles, so the kid had to be the adult at 12 years old. And my parents were, like, the kids that came over with like their immigrant parents so they went through that but I mean I see the generational trauma of like we all feel like this so just keep going you're gonna feel like this forever so just get used to it and I have like this one memory of being like I think I'm depressed my mom was like we all feel like that and I was like damn oh (laughs) okay that's I'm only 11 so this sucks oh shit (laughs) this sucks and then what was it, what was the next thing in the conversation? I think the conversation ended. I oh. mean, I was just such a like I think I was probably just like, "Oh, okay, like <laughs> cool." Oh, I guess we got to also remember again you were 11, so your brain processing capacity was not, you know, yeah. of your 20s now. So. Right. And I was also just such a like a people-pleasing child. I just wanted to make everyone happy, so I was like, "Okay, don't ask any questions. I guess we all feel like this. Like it's fine." And also I just heard a lot like you're young you don't know what it's like and I was like okay yeah I don't I don't I just feels like I can't breathe sometimes it's fine just having a panic attack and now growing I mean now being in my 20s and being 26 I'm like they didn't they didn't know any better I mean that's just how they grew up 
thankfully now they both are in therapy, which has been nice. And like, that is beautiful. Teary eyed to see. Cause I'm like, Oh, that's like, I'm making a difference for them. And I'm the older sister. So then even my brothers, I'm like, okay, cool. Like I'm breaking the walls, but Oh no, you have to be the, (laughs) you have to be the oldest daughter. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. That's what my sister feels like. Cause I have an older sister. Okay. So she had to be the oldest daughter making paving the way and i was like damn rough (laughs) yeah and like choosing this career field that was like another step of like my parents work like traditional jobs so when i was like i'm gonna like freelance work all the time they're like i can't help you with that i don't know what to do my parents did the same thing and like for a while my mom was so traditional she like was so against it and i was like i don't want to do something i hate like i've got to try and for a while i was like am i doing something wrong like i'm going against their word i've never done this before i'm 24 what am i supposed to do and now at 26 i'm like that's exactly what i'm supposed to do just part of growing up and realizing like they were just scared for me and they didn't know how to help they had never done it before and now they're like oh cool you got an llc wow that's big big news <laughs> i wish i wish there was a video one for this because alexa just kept pumping her <laughs> fist in the air like the whole dad thing where they're like good yeah, job he was, kid he was so proud i was like cool yeah that's so cute so when it came to freelancing you at first felt pretty nervous about it you know he said your family didn't have much background in it. You were kind of doing something that was considered non-traditional. But what gave you the ability to push for a career that was not only non-traditional, but also going against the traditional value within that non-traditional career, which is hustling? Yeah. Because I feel like a lot of freelancers are constantly thr- like thrusted into the hustle mindset. Mm, I have gotten like blessed in this life i don't know what i did in my past life with a really great mentor her name is jennifer moxley so she's like a woman she started her own company it's woman owned women ran and she kind of showed me the ropes of entrepreneurship and like she was never like sugarcoating it she definitely was like it's rough you know you have to hustle but like the best part about this life is you like can take care of yourself like if you wake up tomorrow and you feel sick and everything's good don't work like take care of yourself like she always showed that balance of like get the money but make sure you take care of yourself because she's been in the business for like almost 20 years so she's like dealt with the lows and the highs and she was just like giving me all this knowledge and so when I started working with her I think I had just graduated school and I was kind of just interning a little bit but I had like a random job as a manager in a movie theater And she was like, you can jump full in, you can contract with me, do contract jobs. And like, she had just taught me so much. I was like, okay, I'm just going to do it. Like, it feels nice. And I didn't know that was like a possibility. No one in my family was an entrepreneur. I think like my great grandpa had his own business building like stone tables, like art piece tables. But that's so far back that no one like really talks about it. So everyone else had traditional jobs. And not that that was never appealing to me. But it was just like nothing ever felt like it was for me. Like I could never see myself doing it because I was at first in school to be a nurse. And I was like, I don't think this is for me. I don't want to do this. And I just found broadcasting and production. I was like, oh, I love that. But I don't know if I want to be. Everyone was like, you should be on camera. You should be on camera. And I was like, I don't want to be on camera. I want to be behind the camera. I want to be touching the keyboard, <laughs> touching the mouse pad. I don't want to be on. And she just, I mean, she's showed me a lot and like helped me with the balance of like, teaching me lessons that people 
in 20 years of business or learning gave it to me at 26. So it's been really, really great just seeing a woman do it and knowing it's possible. But then like that community is so like valuable. I did not take that for granted at all. How did you find her as a mentor? My so my mom was a teacher at a high school in Kannapolis, and Jennifer was had, was an alumni of that high school, and she was speaking one day. And I graduated college. And my mom was like, "Just email this woman, and ask for a job." And I was like, "That's so awkward." She was like, "Just do it." And I was like, "Okay." And I was like, "Hello, Miss Moxley. <laughs> I just graduated. Um, I'd love to talk to you about like work." And like from there, it was just like. She just swooped me in. I don't know what I said. I don't know what I showed her. All I know is I was so nervous and I didn't know what I was walking into either. I just, I was like, my mom said I should be here. So I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. I'm here. Cold emailing you. Yeah. I've never met you. Yeah. yeah, I'm so sorry. My mom thought it was a good idea. <laughs> yeah. That's so nice though that your mom even was like, yeah, go for it. Well, Yay. I think it's so funny because I don't think my mom also realized what it was. Because oh. I mean, the traditional, because her speech was kind of about her life and like how she got to owning her own business. But I don't think my mom realized I would have like a non-traditional job. And like that has just been the a big stressor and like moving out and then 26 I was like I gotta get my own insurance guys anyone want to help me you don't know how to do it cool I'll figure it out by myself like it's just been a lot of like don't take their fear as I'm doing something wrong and it's just like the balance I'm like okay I'm teaching them while I'm teaching me take care of yourself it's fine it's fine do you ever have anyone in your life who tells you that the balance is not possible I have had like people who are no longer in my life definitely say that, but it's just like, it always comes off like they're trying to tell me something I, not that I don't know. It's like they're trying to like belittle me almost. Mm. And I'm just like, I don't need that around. It's really always just been like people I've dated and I'm like, I don't need to hear that. I'm doing the right thing. Like, please. You're like, nah, I got it. Yeah, Yeah. I'm like, I got it. Thank you. I feel like this also happens a lot to women of color that Mm -hmm. go into businesses because I remember random, random people that just follow, not follow me, but like they stop me on like while I'm doing like an event photography shoot and just I start getting unsolicited advice and I'm like, do you do this if I was like a 50 year old man no. that was tall? No. Yeah. There was, I had had like meetings with like web developers that are like men and like men who I don't even think know how to touch a camera, but they'll like see me at shoots or see me in Jennifer at shoots and be like, what is that? Like, oh, blah, blah, blah. Like trying to show us like they have knowledge and we're like, okay, like this is comes out of like left field yeah i'm like, like what? where is this coming from like did you want to help me like i don't need help here and like she's been a good mentor in that too because she has like long colorful nails and always wears high heels like she's just like a boss ass woman i don't forgot if i could cuss on oh me. yeah you can i think i've just made all my episodes <laughs> explicit because i keep dr- dropping f-bombs all the time but she's just like a boss ass woman so it's like not that stereotypical woman you see as a videographer and i'm like I can be this because like I love doing funky makeup and sometimes my nails are long and sometimes like I look like I'm probably going to a club but I'm just going to Walmart and it's like I could be your videographer I can be your web developer and that's been also just a struggle this field. (laughs) I feel like that's good though that you're able to 
find that within yourself and then also be encouraged by your mentor to just dress how the fuck you want to yeah because that even just goes with really anyone that enters the field like i really don't think that there needs to be a certain look to what a videographer looks like or what an artist looks like i don't know it's really weird whenever non-traditional jobs keep trying to take on very traditional values yeah a lot of the time and then i think that's where we end up having a struggle for that balance because we're getting pushed between Mm. these two different things that we're like what the fuck is happening yeah and then you're just like masked all day like always feels like at the end of the day i'll take my mask off and i'm like why was i pretending to be something i wasn't around that group of people or like i think one day i went around people and i like was covered up because i have a bunch of tattoos because i was like i don't think they're gonna like that i'm like covered in tattoos i need to flip my septum ring in and like be traditional and it just was like why am i doing that like if they don't like me i don't need to yeah impress it, them and it feels really bad and then you get off balance because you're not going with what is true to you yeah what is clicking in the back my cat is playing <laughs> with this cat painting that someone painted for well a little child painted for him oh that's so cute yeah well i don't know if they heard it but it was i was like I could hear the clicks on my right ear. I was watching him. I wonder, should I take it down? No, it's okay. Okay. This honestly, I I like it when this podcast is a little messy. <laughs> it's a little chaotic. I'm like, he never plays with this. And now he's like, click, click, click. It's like, give me attention. It's like, guys, I'm hungry. You know. Uh, I feel like that's also the great thing about animals too. It's like, I actually get reminded to eat because of my dogs oh yeah and yeah that is something that i've had to really get on to myself because yes like cool i'm doing all these amazing things but i really be forgetting to eat lunch and dinner yeah and that's not okay and i remember even like back in college people would always joke about it but it was always those really bad jokes where we're like ha 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 okay but are you okay because that's not a good sign yeah, you're like, do you need something? Like, let me get you some food. It's horrible. Like, and that's where that that hustle is also horrible because I've seen people like just not eat for like a whole shoot. Like you're shooting for eight hours and you didn't eat, not even breakfast. I'm like, guys, I can't do that. I'm going to pass out if I don't leave this house with bre- without breakfast. Like I have to eat. I can't ignore my body doing it. And then like to be on shoots where no one eats and I'm like, I'm starving. <laughs> I feel so bad. And then I just push through it yeah like it's not healthy we need breaks and it's hard to also be the only one in the room that is actually going to be responsible about eating because then you start to become the weird outsider being like whoa what you're doing that and then no one else does it but i'm like homie we are people like human beings that need food yeah and i don't know if you experience this on shoots like as a photographer but like a lot of video shoots like they don't really plan in like lunch break so, like, whenever I'm on a project and they're like, we have lunch for you, we're like, what? Oh, my God, that's so nice because it's so rare. Oh, no. That it's, shouldn't be, like, a rare thing. It's so rare. Like, the last thing I remember I was a, a videographer on was, like, a event shoot and, like, kind of live. It was live streamed as well. And, like, the audience broke for lunch, but I was thinking, like, dang, we're going to, like, I don't know if we're going to eat. I brought some snacks. And they're like, 
all the event crew like go upstairs and they had like barbecue barbecue and soda and I was like this is so nice like this is like a full course meal here I'm so hungry it's so rare like they just want you to work and then you're done no what? breaks why is food always the first thing to just be like nah we're not doing that when literally know. there is a very short amount of time that people can go without food and water too I've seen um I mean for like photo shoots they don't go as long as video shoots mm. but I'll I'll be seeing people not bringing water to shoots. And I'm like, yo, you're like moving for two hours straight. Yeah. Like you got to drink at some point. Right. I don't know why they cut it. Like, I don't know why that's the first thing in everyone's mind to be like, they don't need that. We can push through. Yeah. And you would think that biologically our bodies would be like, you need to do it. Well, I guess it does because, you know, like your mouth starts to dry out if you're Mm. thirsty or you're like stomach's grumbling. But we're acting like that dog in that one meme that's like, I'm fine yeah everything's on fire everything's on fire and then your body's like stop please but then our minds are like nah or you just get people who are like you your body gets accustomed to it like Mm -hmm. and then you just don't think twice and then then you have people behind you who are like wait they don't eat so maybe i shouldn't i shouldn't eat while we're on this eight hour shoot day it becomes a weird like social thing yeah it does it's so so weird like finding there's like a weird balance in all of it because i'm like I used to be very insecure, like, on shoots. Like, when I would get hungry, I ha- I have to eat. If I'm hungry, I'm going to eat. So when no one else is eating, I was like, I can't eat. This is embarrassing. This feels <laughs> like I'm in the lunchroom in the cafeteria, and I'm sitting at a table, and everyone's just talking, and I've got a granola bar. I don't want to like, eat. It's, like, weird how that is embarrassing because I'm laughing, but I'm also laughing because I do get embarrassed, too, when yeah. I'm, like, like, I'll be – the person that's see i'm like yelling my mic is peaking but it's fine but i feel passionate about this but people will be like making fun of me because i go for seconds and i'm like non-apologetic for it and yeah they'll be like well kareen's going to get seconds i'm like boy i'm hungry yeah like let me, let eat. me eat i don't and, and i, I burn a lot of energy my body is not efficient so <laughs> well, a lot of fuel. you're just human yeah like today i was eating like i just kept eating i ordered indian food for lunch and i was like I'm so hungry. And she's like, our bodies just need food. Like, every day is different. Like, you might be able to have a whole Thanksgiving meal today and tomorrow, Yo, no. The spoons. Yeah. You know, there's some days that we need more spoons, that we need more food. Yeah. So that we need to actually eat more. Yeah. There we go. And they just, I don't know, society has made it, like, feel so embarrassing. But, like, now I'm just like, guys, I got to eat. You want a happy videographer? I need to take like 10 let me scarf down this meal yeah i get really hangry but i think my body has i feel like my hangriness has gotten worse over the years which i also feel like maybe this is also my body retaliating and being like this bitch is not listening to me when my stomach Mm. grumbles i'm gonna need her to just wreak havoc and then (laughs) because she is way too embarrassed to wreak havoc she's actually gonna eat yeah it probably is it's like okay you didn't listen to the first five rumbles let's go hulk yes oh god (laughs) oh oh i always make that joke too where you know when he says i'm always angry yeah and i always say i'm always hungry I'm always hungry. You don't yeah. want me hangry. Yeah. I can't be hungry. Oh, speaking of food, um, I did also bring kava here because I was really hungry coming up to this one. I'm like, I need to eat or else this is going to be the most unexcited Korean <laughs> on this podcast. So even if though we're not eating on the podcast, because I also don't want to have the food mouth. Yeah, like sound. ASMR. Yeah. Maybe. F- I know. almost had to stop myself from doing it. <laughs> <laughs> See, my... 
I, and you, because you also edit the episode, someone did that already before, and I was like, why'd you do that? And then you kept it in, and I was like, oh no, Alexis, why? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> but I was like, you know what? Builds character for the podcast. That's fine. <laughs> and so we have spent for who knows how many minutes talking about us skipping meals. Has there been anything that has helped you to actually do habits that should be things that are natural things for us to do, like eat, drink water, sleep? a good amount of hours, take a break. How have you actually been able to implement that into your life and establishing a good work-life balance? Ooh. Well, the first thing that comes to mind, and I know it's it's not accessible to a lot of people, which I hate, and I hope that changes. Like, therapy is always number one. I started off with better help, and now I just kind of, I followed my therapist from there to, like, her actual counseling site because she lived in North Carolina. That has helped a lot. And just talking and her giving me tools like to journal or like to even just like to sit and talk to myself. We figured out some things that helped me like reset myself or reground myself. Like I'll tap my forehead or like constrict your palms and your toes and let go like to like feel the sensations. Like therapy has given me a lot of tools to like bounce back. And then that resetting, I'm like, okay, did you eat? What time is it? Do you need to go to sleep? Like do you need a break? Let's relax. But like on the scale of stuff that's a little more accessible, I mean, community is a big thing. I feel like my friends and like people in the same field as me, like online, seeing them be vulnerable or even just telling my friend like, and like my schedule is all messed up. Like I cannot relax. Like, and them just letting me vent to them when they have space. Like that has helped a lot. And them reminding me like, you're human and tomorrow's a new day. You might wake up with two spoons, but it's a new day. Like that has been so helpful and I try to have like check-ins like in the morning I'll just wake up and like talk to myself. I'm always talking to myself like I don't know. I pretend I'm the main character in a movie and I'm like okay. Oh I love that. <laughs> today you know you're feeling like this so here's how the first day is gonna, like the beginning of the day is going to go. Here's how work's going to go. Here's at night. So like I kind of like do little bullet points in the beginning of the day so I know like okay just get through it. It'll be fine. And then at night I'm like what did you do today? okay, good. Like I just try to like go through it. Cause like sometimes journaling doesn't work. And sometimes like, uh, yeah, I think journaling, journaling is just not always helpful. So it's just like talking it out loud and you're like, oh yeah, I did do that today. Or I didn't eat dinner. And it's like, okay, get out of bed, go eat like an apple or something. <laughs> that has been really helpful. I like how you're going to different methods too, because I feel like how we have been taught in general when it comes to self-care is that oh, I need to journal every single day. And it goes back to that. It's like you're doing the same thing that you said you're not going to be doing, which is needing to be consistently consistent all the time and on top of stuff. Yeah. And I really like how you're like, you know, maybe one day journaling is going to be great. Maybe it does it the other day and that's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, you have like a plethora of like resources to help you. I like what you said when you're like clenching your fist and then like going, because that goes back to um, somatic therapy, which is what I've been doing as well and it goes back to that metaphor about how animals are able to basically oh, yeah. like hone in acknowledge that tension that's within them but then be able to let that go and how us humans need to have resources and need to have the tools and techniques to actually be able to do that as well so that we don't absolutely lose our shit yeah um, i didn't piece those two together but that is 100 percent what it is and like I didn't get there alone. Like recently 
I was a I like saw Instagram posts and I had someone say to me like sometimes journaling is just like not gonna work like it might work for you one day but the next day it might not and like that's okay because like I feel like I was like a very like it has to work like this it has to be like this and I was again like just be in the middle like maybe today I just need to talk about it and run around with my cat like I don't know just like shake it out and I was just listening to a podcast about somatic therapy is it somatic yes okay somatic therapy yeah I was like that makes so much sense even though I know that like back in the days that's really just like how like tribes and like native people would dance and scream and shout and that's really what it is yeah and I feel like there's all of these indigenous practices that are coming back in and while I'm like really glad that they are I also wish it didn't have to be at the expense of them no longer having that representation yeah, and things like that as well. Um, oh my God, that's a whole other thing. Yeah, uh, It's just having to realize, I think as I've been also in this like therapeutic healing journey, a lot of the things I've been implementing have been ancestral practices of indigenous Filipinos. And mm. it's like on one side, I feel like I'm healing, but then on another side, oh my gosh, I'm like feeling that generational trauma for me to find that balance and like find that peace. And I'm like, fuck, this is a lot. Yeah, it's like the second you tap into it, like you feel it. Like me and my friends have been feeling that. Like I'm like, I am feeling the generational trauma that everyone just not put off, but like just didn't know how to handle. Mm -hmm. It was just like going with all they knew. And I'm like, I don't know if I can do that. Oh, there's this quote, which I might butcher it on here, but I'll definitely put like the actual one in the show notes. But I saw somewhere where they said that generational trauma and pain will continue to go through generations until someone decides to actually feel it. And I was like, oh, damn. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like I just saw that too. And I was like, that's (laughs) me. And then I feel like to all of these like all these disney films are like (laughs) generational trauma and i'm like y'all gotta y'all gotta slow down (laughs) i'm like wow representation and then generational trauma yeah that happened when i like watched turning red i was like wow like a a story about like a a cute little asian girl like yeah you know like someone that is like asian and then like in a whole whole other community and trying to balance like the two sides of their identity Mm. and then it just slaps you at the end with generational trauma and i'm like god damn it and then i had it with encanto too and i was just like god damn it yeah encanto it was funny because like there was a joke among me and my family where it was like that willa apologized and everyone's like we know willas don't apologize oh my gosh no me too it's just like the most unrealistic thing about that movie (laughs) sorry she's like wow but i've also um talked about this with my therapist too that because i started telling her i've been watching those two movies constantly and she said it's also a form of healing and for you trying to seek balance because you know also that also goes in with like art in general it's for us to be able to just cope with those really complex feelings and then also sometimes living vicariously through those characters yeah because i mean unfortunately there's going to be situations where your abuela whoever it is that your abuela is in your um family or like your group is you know may not reach that point of yeah. apology and you can find that in that comfort in watching that art and living vicariously through that and i feel like that gives a little bit of comfort mm-hmm. because there's also the thing where we try to seek approval and love and respect from sometimes people that will not provide that 
Yeah. And I feel like we sometimes think, okay, I will finally find that peace and balance when they do this. But that's out of your control. Yeah, I've felt that. And I think sometimes that's why... Because I was going to say something also like sometimes journaling won't work, but I'm like, sometimes just watching TV works. And like that feels silly, but it is that like you're healing something like you're whether that's like an escape or it's making you think of like something different. Like it's healing in a way. I mean, it can be negative. I'm 100 percent sure. But sometimes that just feels good enough in the moment to help you and and like help you think through like, hey, well, my, my, my person in my life won't do it. But in this show, like. They did it and that's that helps me feel enough for me and I can just find the balance within myself. That's hard too. The balance of everything. It's yeah. Finding balance is a lot. And when you said too that T V sometimes can be bad, it's I feel like it's also just everything in moderation. Yeah. I mean, water's good for you, but even having too much water can legitimately Yeah, kill you. Perish you? <laughs> well, I can you. say all these other curse words, but I feel really weird about saying the word "kill." I'm like, huh? And there's like, kill you, kill you. <laughs> there's just like so much that goes into finding balance, and it's also a continuous struggle too. Yeah, I feel like a lot of times when we start things like therapy, or we start, or we like proclaim to the world, "Wow, I'm starting my journey." It's as if there's going to be this end destination that you have, but mm. that's unfortunately not it <laughs> yeah i think there's like a like no one talks about that there's no end and like not no end to your pain it's just like you just keep going because there's just so many things to learn and heal from and i think in in some way everyone is like healing their own form of like family or generational trauma and it's just like you're just making it better for whoever is coming after you if there's people coming after you there might not be but you're helping someone and you're also helping yourself mm-hmm. and like having that balance. Cause sometimes I'm like, why did I start therapy? Like this is a lot. And then I'll have a good day. I'm like, this is why, because I was able to take care of myself last week when I felt alone or I'm able to appreciate the good now. Like I'm glad I took the journey mm-hmm. and I can be in the middle. Have you ever been faced with any experiences where people would kind of insinuate that being a tortured artist is what makes you like a good like artistic person or something like that don't really know where that question was going but you know we could just go put that in <laughs> not myself not really I did but what's funny is no one ever put that on me but I definitely put that on myself like I had this weird mindset where I was like I have to have a really dark deep story to like make good video and like to be respected and then that kind of formed into like me sabotaging my own stuff to like make art like I felt like I had to do that to like fit in and I don't know where that came from I don't know if that came from tv or music like the overindulgence of it all and I was like I have to be like that but what's odd is like no one's ever told me that like I've I've just told myself that I wonder if it's just been something that's just been low-key conditioned into a lot of us Mm. because that's kind of how stereotypes are it's there are things that are so deeply ingrained in society that we can't even pinpoint where it comes from. Yeah. That it got gets to the point where we're like, we're putting that pressure on ourselves. But where do we learn to put that pressure on ourselves? Yeah. Because yeah. I'm always like, where did that come from? Yeah. Because I, I, I thought the same thing too. Like, because I started taking medication for my depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. Thank God. Because honestly, I feel like it has helped immensely. Yeah. God, that's, that's a long ass story, but... I feel you. I remember I was really nervous about taking it because for some reason I had convinced myself that I was going to be a lot less creative Mm. without that. And that was so 
odd because once that thought came into my brain, I was like, where the hell did that come from? Yeah. What do you think, Ricky Bobby? He's like, I relate. Yeah, Ricky Bobby's mad close to the, the mic. <laughs> that That's funny because like I, I almost thought the same. It was like a weird like balance again. Balance is just a key word here, apparently. Like I struggled with mental health and like growing up, it was like everyone deals with that. And then my family was like, guys, I can't. Like I need help like beyond this realm. So then being put on medicine, I was like, am I going to act different? Like is this whole personality like not fake, but like revolved around just like having really bad anxiety. Like just like the thought of like, oh my God, who am I? Is it going to change it? Like I'm going to be different. Like, I was so scared of that too. I was just like, who am I going to be? Because I felt like I was so connected to like my anxiety. My depression was like a huge personality to myself. I don't know how to, yeah. not like personality, but it was just such a huge part of me that like taking that away felt like, oh my God, I'm not going to be the same yeah. person or same creative. It's a very complex. It is. I think it's like thing. also like you, like we were so, not that we were comfortable feeling it, but it was the only thing we knew like mm. for so long. Cause I, in therapy, I've talked about someone close to me and like, I've talked about how their life has lived. My therapist was like, they're just so comfortable in that dark space that they're not taking actions to get out. And I was like, so like, we probably were just, that's all we knew was like anxiety, fight or flight, or like being low, like super, super low. And then that change, you're like, oh no, I don't, I don't know what that's like. I don't know if I can do that. What if I don't like it? What if I'm not creative? What if no one likes me? <laughs> like all the anxiety thoughts. When I first started taking my anxiety medication, I was like, this is making me have more anxiety. <laughs> I don't think this is how this works. <laughs> it was so bad. Yeah, it was, it was a lot <laughs> yeah. to have to go through. And I even still get comments all the time about people being like, oh, you can maybe do this random self-care routine and then you won't have to be on medication because I think there's also that stigma with it. Yeah. But I mean, I'm not like advocating for everybody to be medicated. It's actually kind of a sad thing that we even have to have this because mm. uh, it's also something, again, it is a band-aid to the actual problem. Yeah. But I'm going to be honest, I'm going to need that Band-Aid on me because yeah. my wound is pretty big. So it needs a little extra boost to um, do that. But I feel like, you know, if it's something that someone is comfortable doing, I feel like they should be allowed to explore it without shame either. Yeah. Because, you know, maybe that's going to be their way of actually being able to heal. Because mm. I did years of therapy in starting in college because it became accessible to me there. Okay. And you know, I was super thankful about that. But even as I switched a bunch of therapists and like, you know, learned a lot from that, I was journaling all the time. I was doing everything, quote unquote, everything right. Mm. But then I still felt so, so bad. Yeah. And it got to the point that it was also like a huge kind of smack in the face when it came to my health, because I started taking medication when my mom was diagnosed with cancer mm. and that was when my family got a big wake up call that we need to get our health in check, not just our physical health, but also our mental health because they're both so interconnected. If you yeah. have one off balance, it's going to be affecting the other one. Mm. And so, you know, I went to my doctor, talked to her about the years of therapy I was in and, you know, even at that point, I wasn't even comfortable telling my doctor I had therapy, which would be the one person you should probably tell right. that you've been doing that for years, but I felt even uncomfortable with her mm. to tell her that, but she got me on the medication and I told her I was like nervous about it because I 
prided myself as this person that was all natural you know like i don't want to be part of the pharmaceutical things yeah but she was telling me you know kareen it's it's getting to the point that you're you even said to yourself you've tried everything to find that balance within yourself to feel steady and it's not it's not working it was just a lot it was a lot of having to just like really look within myself and Mm. just be okay with you know i need to put forth my health hormones because had i just if had had i not actually really prioritized health honestly my dreams of becoming some amazing photographer amazing artist why would how could i even like think about that if i'm not even thinking about if I'm actually eating correctly, yeah. if I'm actually drinking enough water. Like these are basic things on that, like Mar- Marlo triangle. That is not the name <laughs> of the guy, but there's that triangle of needs. Mm. And I really was skipping all the way to the top without even thinking about what the bottom was. Yeah. It's cause like we're, I think like somehow it's like ingrained in all of us. Like that's what you have to do, but really like to be a, a great artist and like creative, like you've got to take care of yourself. Like there's no other answer. And if that means like, being medicated like that's what it means sir let's not do that i can hear your nails he's like it's so fluffy it's so fluffy it's so fluffy oh and i feel like too the conversation with food is also something that i also bring up to people who are creative entrepreneurs or freelancers who get kind of scared about asking for adequate pay Mm. because i always bring up the point i'm like okay but if you're actually getting adequately paid you can actually get those resources like food, water, shelter, therapy. And, you know, if you're constantly allowing people to underpay you, you're going to constantly underserve yourself. And that's just not fair to yourself. And I think like a lot of the people I've seen did that for so long and now they're tired. Learning that from my mentor, I'm like, oh, that's horrible. A horrible way to live. Like when you're providing such a good like skill and like project for people like that the community needs, like you need to be able to survive basically. You need to be able to eat. And I think that's why I love about like your podcast in general. Like every episode has been so informative, but like just like eat, like you deserve to eat and like the importance around it is very, it's good. And it's not just eating food. I'm talking about like you know, when, you, when people be like, let them cook. <laughs> like I'm talking about even the slang eat. Like I'm trying to be like, I, might, I uh, want people yeah. to eat. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah like, you got to just be like confident in yourself. Do mm. your shit. Like do amazing stuff. Like, yeah. It's just, uh, it's so important. And I feel like that also just helps. Again, actually back to where we were talking about how we get embarrassed when we're in the, the only person eating when there's a big set of people who haven't eaten all day. Yeah. I feel like we got to really change that and it's great that we're even having the one-on-one conversations with ourselves so that we can start it that you know it's a room full of people who are all like all right lunch break let's go and Mm -hmm. that one person who forgot lunch we're like all right we're gonna go call up some places we're gonna get you food bro like we're like like serious about stuff like that and i feel like that needs to change because again lunch is so such a simple thing and it shouldn't be something that we're like oh my god wow yeah amazing like, like that's the bare minimum of life right like if i'm if we're working all day like we need a lunch break everybody needs i mean like that's how we survive that's our fuel it's yeah like our gasoline i feel like big companies also should have that work that um budget yeah for um food as well mm-hmm. like i think there's always things so you'll hear excuses being like oh it wasn't our budget or i'm like well budget better right i'm like <laughs> that should be number one the budget yeah how am i gonna serve how am i gonna let you eat this yeah <laughs> so like, i can't eat 
Yeah. And you're not going to perform at your best if you're not fueled. It's like, yeah. it's like you're basically trying to go on a four hour trip on a car with mm. a, that has like maybe like one tank of gasoline left yeah. in it. Like that's not going to get you that whole trip. Right. Like you have to take care of yourself. I mean, and it feels selfish, but like finding the balance of like, it's not selfish. Like you have to do this or you're going to burn out by like noon or like you're going to burn out in a week. Like you're not going to be able to get the project done. Take care of yourself. Eat. That is like self-care and self-care. That's like, I love making a cup of tea and like a snack if I feel sad and I will curl up on this couch and journal, watch TV, pet my cat, whatever. Yeah. Do all the things and also connect with people that keep you accountable. I, I always very much, I'm very grateful for my friends, both in like my core group of friends in high school and college. They are always the type that will ask me, oh, did you eat? And I'll say no because I had bad habits and then they'll, you know, get me food. And then Mm. I'll do the same thing for them as well because, you know, maybe they're having the off week this time. And I'm like, hey, did you eat? And then they're like, no. And then I'm rushing over to Chipotle being like, what do you want to order? Yeah. And then giving them food or just cooking them something. It's, you know, it's also a journey that while it is focused on yourself, it's also something that you can take with every people, like you can take with other people as well. Mm, yeah. You know? Community is so important. Community, your yeah. friends. I think we are really good to wrap up. That was really, really great. Is there any last things that you want to say to the listeners about finding balance when it comes to their creative work Mm. I think the only thing I that like comes to mind is like have patience when you're finding that balance especially if you're like someone like me and you're hard on yourself and you're like I've got to find it by five o'clock tomorrow like it's not it's not possible like maybe if you're lucky but like give yourself patience maybe you tried this way it's not going to work try another way and like I'm just now figuring out like good work schedules and I'm like beating myself up but I'm like it's okay like calm down like you're chill figure it out make sure you've got all your ducks in a row just be patient with yourself yeah well thank you so much and last last thing how can our listeners continue to support you and your work after this episode I think the best way is just to follow my my instagrams I mean okay yeah my instagram so I have my business page is Familia Creative Media. And I mean, I am pretty not new into like owning my own business, but I am open to so many projects and collaborations, video work, website work, or even just meeting new people. I love meeting the creatives, even though I said I'm introverted. <laughs> it's okay. I feel like every, almost most creatives I meet are like introverted because yeah. I am also, I feel like I'm an extroverted introvert. I've gotten better about the extroverted part. Mm. It's just so hard. It's but I hard love meeting everybody. Yeah, I feel like again, it's back to that thing where it's just like you gotta be really aware of yourself. Yeah, then you'll figure out that. But we'll go ahead and head to the outro, and you're gonna hear Alexis's voice at the end. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, let's go to the outro. That's it for today's episode. If you enjoyed it, rate this podcast five stars and check out the link in the description to view the show notes. Everything in this episode is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace finance, tax, law, mental health, and other professional services. As always, we are here to support you because we don't believe in gatekeeping and we want all of our listeners to become thriving creatives. 
We'll continue the conversation about mindful creative entrepreneurship in next week's episode. Until then, stay inspired, keep creating, and eat some good food. This podcast was edited by Alexis Carrasquillo from Familia Creative Media.